Oh, yeah, they're hot. Real hot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in a row. That's nine. And fly the L Chicago. Oh, feels so good. Brewers jump early on the Cubs. Christian Yelich out of the pock mock. Both home runs right away, and the Brewers never look back. Wade Miley dazzling, the bullpen getting it done, and the crew push it to nine. Before we say good morning to Rowdy, I just want to do this. They're singing no Cubs now, no Cubs now. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The L is flying high today. Fly that L. Rowdy, good morning. Yeah, doing? good morning. Uh, nine in a row, Milwaukee. Woo. Woo-wee. And that one just goes out to the king. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy, you also had more, some more detractors. Uh, I think True Advisor said something. King said something. A couple others saying that you cursed the Milwaukee Brewers uh, betting on them yesterday in the Razor's Edge. So you just say what? The, what you said uh, yesterday? To, I will say that there were multiple listeners that did message me after they won saying that I need to give the business to some of the haters and specifically name King. Yeah. Well, well one of the uh, true advisors says, does Rowdy bet them again tonight? Does he go back into the Brewers? Well, nine in a row, the hottest team in baseball. Don't like him as much tonight. Don't like him. So, all right. So we won't give it all away at the Razor's Edge, 650 and 850 every day. But uh, Rowdy betting on the crew yesterday and they definitely pulled through. Uh, did you know it was uh, game over, Rowdy, when your girl sister, Jean, Rolled out there for the first pitch. Did you know right then and there that the Brewers were going to get that W? Yeah, there was a, a video circulating of them wheeling her out there, getting ready, getting ready to throw out the first pitch, and then it was a <laughs> her it was throwing a her throwing out the first pitch instantly going into Yelich smashing a home run from pitch number two <laughs> of the game. But it was it was a pretty funny mashup video, and yes, I I got tagged by multiple people online that uh, made let me know that sister. Jean was throwing out the first pitch. Yeah, of course. You and Sister Jean forever tied together now with your uh, love and affection of her, um, you know, from Loyola of Chicago a couple of years ago. She also is uh, the same age, and I know Rowdy knows this, but she's the same age as the Green Bay right. Packers. You never know. You, you, you never know. Uh, she's got a nice grip on that fastball, right, ready to roll. This, this is a moment, and this should provide plenty of inspiration. If Sister Jean can come out here and get after it, Cubs fans as well as the Cubs Absolutely. versus these Milwaukee Brewers, uh, you know that they are heart. looking to be top. Look at she's flight. winding up, Rowdy. Up winding up. She's got a better arm than you, Cliff. Well, yeah, she might. Yeah. I, look thing, at that. This thing don't work as much, uh-huh. man. I'll say this. Her pitch, better than uh, 50 cents and better than Fauci's. Sister Jean's first pitch, much better than 50 cents and much better than uh, uh, Dr. Wiener and Fauci, Anthony Fauci, excuse me, Rowdy. I'll say that, though. Well, I mean, it was somewhat straight. (laughs) It was. Yeah, it didn't really go the farthest. I would say Fauci's probably the worst. Uh, but if you just look at that little weasel, you would know that guy's a scumbag. But then you look at uh, 50 Cent, you figured he'd have a good one on him. No, no. Sister Jean besting both of those. Rowdy, feeling good about the crew. Um, this big, 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 big game uh, last night. As we uh, are entering in the stretch here, uh, Yelich finally had his home run. The first one since uh, the I forget the exact date, but it was the end of July. Uh, Yelich finally getting a home run. You have Canna, you know, getting that dinger. You got William Contreras uh, looking good. You got Wade Miley. Everything was uh, going in the Brewers. Of you know, I wouldn't say favor, but everything was going the Brewers' way yesterday. How are we feeling about the crew now as we're nearing the end of the season? Yeah, we're getting closer and closer to September, 
Brewers now have a five-game lead over Chicago, <laughs> seven-game lead over the Cincinnati Reds. And, man, you look you look to turn that page, what is it, September 1st on Friday? Yeah. You turn that page to September, all of a sudden you have the September call-ups, which really it's only two players now these days. Yeah. But you know you have one <laughs> month left of the season. If the Cubs are five games back going into the last month, that's a huge hill to climb. Not saying that the Cubs couldn't do it and that the the Brewers for sure have it on lock, the, that NL Central that is, but five games with a month to go is a pretty it's big huge. Pretty big lead. And the Reds lost again last night, so they're seven games back. So Cubs five games, Reds seven games, Pirates and Cardinals don't really care. Uh, yeah, this crew. Okay, uh, are we peaking at the right time now, Rowdy? Do I dare say the Brewers are finally starting to get it together all at the right time? My bi- my biggest fear, I guess you would say here, is remember 2021 where they were really good pretty much all season long? Well, at least from like May through August. And people were sitting there going, you know, this myself included, I think this team can win the World Series. It's that good. The pitching was that good. Hitting was good enough. Uh. And then they took their foot off the gas about two weeks left of the season. (laughs) And then they came into the playoffs pretty cold. And they got bounced by the Atlanta Braves in the first round of the playoffs. Well, my biggest fear is that they get so hot that they have such a big lead that once again, they didn't learn from 2021 and they take their foot off the pedal and they coast in resting players and and blah, blah, blah. And then they go in cold again. But um, so me personally, I hope it still kind of stays nail biting somewhat like not not a five, six, seven game lead, but like a two, three game lead where it's like, okay, we can take our foot off the gas the last few days, but we still have to play out almost the entire season hard. I kind of like that uh, notion because uh, two years ago when they did take their foot off the break, my or the gas, my God, did they absolutely stink in those playoffs. Obviously didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, they traded away Josh Hader and all one spiraling down. But I feel like the Brewers maybe have hopefully have learned from their past transgressions as they don't take their foot off the gas. And they obviously didn't trade anyone. They bought people at the trade deadline and they've been working on nice, but Rowdy, uh, the final, the final series of the regular season is the Chicago Cubs at American family field. It, going into that three game set, would you want the brewers up like three, three and a half, four, two, two and a half? Like, what do you think? What would be the ideal situation? Uh, three to four, three to four. Just, just, just no, enough where it's don't like, leave any doubt. <laughs> we can get, we can get our pitching rotate. We can get our pitching rotation. Um, you know how we want it for the, or for how the Milwaukee Brewers want it for that upcoming playoff push. But definitely go, going to want to have it wrapped up. You, you, the last three games, you more or less want to get your lineups, your guys and your pitchers in order. Yeah. So you, so you'd want that extra cushion. So I would say, yes, three or four games. That, that would be my ideal. Yeah. I like would if you're two, because then what if you lose it? <laughs> yeah. You get swept and then you look <laughs> like, like fools. Damn it. But yeah. as, as a fan and as someone that has tickets for September 30th, there's a part of me that would be it would be pretty cool where if it was yeah. a final game of the season, Brewers Cubs central on the line and it's tied going into the final series. Man, you can I if I were you wrote, I'd be pretty stoked for the second to last game of the season, Saturday, Brewers Cubs. That's you going to full dog? Who are you going with? 
Uh, yes, that kind of that group. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, looking at this Brewers schedule right now. I mean, obviously you got the Cubs uh, today and then again uh, tomorrow. Then Phillies uh, for you come back home to AmFam Field, you get Phillies for a three-game set and then back on the road. Pirates, terrible. Yankees, awful. Marlins back at home, fine. Nationals, fine. And then it's the Cardinals to stink, the Marlins, and then the Cardinals again, and then it's, it's time to go against the uh, freaking Cubs. Season is nearing its end. This uh, schedule, Rowdy, uh, what, the Brewers navigated the hardest part of it. Yeah, that's the thing. They've found a way to win nine games in a row here on the hardest part of the August schedule. Like, you came out of the All-Star break, and you turned the page to August, and the Brewers, you know, played pretty decent baseball. And all of a sudden you're like, well, they had to play well in the first half of August because the second half of August is pretty tough. Pretty much every single team that you're going to be playing is either a division leader or a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. And they started that that first three-game series with the Dodgers off on a pretty rough foot getting swept. But since then, Bounce haven't back. lost a game. Bounce back, baby. And now check this. Uh, so, uh, the Brewers have scored five plus runs in nine straight games. It's the longest streak since July of 2019. Uh, they have not scored five plus runs in 10 straight games since 2011. What do we know about 2011, Rhodes? That was a pretty good year. That's when uh, the Brewers tickled it right into the uh, NLCS against the Cardinals and David Freeze. Just tickled, just tickled it a little bit. Yeah, so if the Brewers they have the opportunity to do that today, to score five plus runs in 10 straight games. Let's see if they can jump on the Cubs early again. So I know yesterday we were talking about um, some of the numbers for the team just in general and how for much of the season post-August, they've been pretty brutal. Yeah. Like they were at one point the 26th team in Major League Baseball when it came to runs per game. Now, when everyone thought that the offense needed help in 2021, they were literally like 15, 16. Yeah. And then... Believe it or not, in 2022, home runs went up and the offense was better. It was just all the injuries on the pitching side, and then you're trading away pieces in the bullpen. They actually were 10th when it came to runs per game. I I was looking last night because obviously I was going through all these games and some of the stats for uh, potential wagers on the Razor's Edge, Ooh. and you'll never guess where Milwaukee is now on, on runs per game after this huge win streak in, and basically not only a nine game win streak, but a really good last month of baseball. So where were they and where are they now? They were 26th at one point for runs per game, barely averaging four runs per game. It was like 4.03. Yeah. They now, after all these runs and everything, up to 18th Ooh. at 4.43. Moving now, on up. Now, that's getting closer to middle-of-the-road baseball, but, but if they had the same offense that they did last year, because they, they still are one of the few teams with uh, hits and runs all being up across Major League Baseball, yeah. they're one of the few teams that are actually worse than they were <laughs> the year before, and that still holds true because if they had the exact same offense they had last year, they actually would be dead nuts middle of the road and 15th really? in the pack but yes they are climbing the offense has been playing better the numbers have statistically gotten a ton better but yes from 26th to 18th now with this huge stretch and then i mentioned how um the team really was striking out a ton uh-huh. per game they went from the fourth most strikeouts per game to to if you look it up right now 
16th. So they moved up even a little bit more, and they have jumped a number of teams. Now, once again, pretty much close to middle of the road when it comes to strikeouts per game. Okay. When they, okay. So they weren't okay. scoring a ton of runs. They were striking out a ton. Now, all of a sudden, they're scoring. And I did even more digging, oh. and this is going to be no, some just digging last night. Pretty, surprising, pretty surprising numbers here. So we knew that this season it's, it's not a secret that the Milwaukee Brewers had absolutely sucked against left-handed pitching. Correct. Where they would somehow find ways to beat left-handed pitching, especially early in the season, but it would be like two to one or three to two type games where they really weren't scoring any runs, but they were getting a really good game from the pitching staff. Mm -hmm. So I went back through and and was looking at righty versus lefty splits and Basically, since the All-Star break, the Milwaukee Brewers have been hitting left-handed pitching at such a high clip that they have actually now have a higher average against lefties than they do righties. What? They also have a higher OPS against lefties than they do righties. So now, what's happening really? from, from a betting perspective, you're going to want to play on the Brewers against lefties because everybody knows they suck against lefties, uh-huh. but yet they're hitting them and they're hitting them at a better clip. Like, I'm looking at it right here. If you go through the... Damn. Uh, at, how about your crew? The OPS against lefties is now 717. If you look at the OPS against righties, that would be right here, 690. (laughs) And then batting average against righties, 233. Wow. Against lefties, it's it's surprisingly, it's better, like I've been saying. What? This is... 244. No way. So they have completely flipped the script when it comes to Let's hitting go. as they've done so well post all-star break against lefties that they're actually now better against Hell lefties yeah. than they are righties. Now that also might help with, we know that Yelich has been really good this season and, and he's hit lefties quite well, even being a left-handed batter. Yeah. William Contreras has been really good against lefties this year, but they also brought in, Carlos Santana, that's a pretty evenly split guy versus is versus lefties. And Mark Canna in the past that has been known as a guy yeah, that, that can hit lefties pretty well too. And and we've seen him uh, swing the bat pretty well since being acquired. Damn, Santana, since being acquired, was pretty quiet the first couple weeks, but has come into his own. And obviously Contreras has been playing really well. I know Yelich was pretty cold, but bounced back yesterday. Yeah, and on. just in general, I think we're also seeing Remember when they actually were hitting the ball pretty well and were actually doing quite well against lefties in the first month? I do. What also uh, coincided with that? It was the young players playing really well. And then, weirdly enough, Brian Anderson. Yeah. Well, Brian Anderson's not playing well, but (laughs) you're seeing the younger bats like uh, Bryce Terang. He went from hitting like 200 now into like the mid 220s, where he's really raised his batting average post All Star break. I think he was hitting over 300 in the month of August when I was looking. But same thing with uh, Joey Weimer. Even though he hasn't played as much, when he has, he's looked better. The average has actually gone up a little bit. It's it's those younger guys that were really struggling in the middle of the year that have actually turned it around and, and played at a better clip than they were before. So the guys you traded for are hitting better against lefties. Your rookies that hit well against lefties the first month are doing it again. And then you have the uh, continuation of a good Yelich and Contreras year. 
Well, do I dare say the Brewers are hitting their stride on or hitting every cylinder, Rowdy, as we enter into the playoffs? See, soon? the only thing that's a little unfortunate is that it's uh, August 29th instead of like September 29th. Are they peaking too early? I don't Your want to say they're next. peaking too early, but they could be peaking earlier than we want. <laughs> Woohoo! Your Brewers, baby, that's nine in a row, though. Ooh, can you give me more? Can we get another one tonight against the Cubs? I think so. Let's go back, unfortunately, to uh, when the Brewers got swept by the L.A. Dodgers. We were uh, teetering, our fandom was. Hell, Rowdy, you gave the, I don't even give a crap if they sold the team and moved away. I said that that this was the worst series of the year. It was worse than the Oakland A's because at least the Oakland A's were playing good baseball. They're still major league talent. And then I remember after that, I said, well, after after that A's series, the next worst series they had was the Nationals where they played horrible defense. They found ways to lose two of those games. And I made that. The yep. new series that was the worst of the year. And then it was, they went one better and they played like they did against the Dodgers, where not only could they not play defense, they couldn't hit the baseball. No, they couldn't do anything. Well, they had through two games, they had more errors than hits. In the Dodgers Stadium finale, when they walked off uh, the field with a one to nothing loss, and you're like, this is, this is brutal. Apparently, the Brewers. The uh, night before their winning streak began, it hasn't looked back since when they started the, the next night in Texas, there was a private meeting. I was reading this Adam McKelvey article. Uh, Christian Yellett said, quote, when you have a meeting like that, even uh, if you even want to call it a meeting, it's just a perspective check. There's nothing you can say in a meeting that's going to make you play better. And if that was the case, there'd be a lot of meetings and we play a lot better. Uh, Yelly said, though, the gatherings like that were rare. He has estimated there have been fewer than double-digit clubhouse meetings since he arrived in 2018, but they had one after the loss, the sweep of the Dodgers. And then Yelly went on to say, it's one of those things that Council is really good at. He had, a, he, he had a few words for us, and then we kept it moving. And they haven't looked back since. Yeah, I was going to ask before you finished, who was kind of leading the meeting? Was it Craig Council? Was it uh, someone on the team? But obviously, you answer that by the end of the article. It's It was Craig Council. Yes, Counts. Uh, let's see here. Wade Miley said, during the LA series, we were like, quote, we can't play this way. <laughs> yeah, you okay. didn't hit the baseball. Yeah. You couldn't field said baseball, and you couldn't throw it. Yeah, you couldn't really do anything. It was the worst series of the year. You you literally looked like terrible little leaguers. Um. So you look at this now, Rowdy. They have not looked back since. Feeling pretty damn good. Um, let's see. The Brewers are, what, five games up now? Well, on the Craig Cubs. Council go in there with the ultimatum. If you MFers don't turn this around and start winning some games and get our asses into the postseason, I'm coming out right now tomorrow and saying, I'm not coming back next year. Listen, I'm really coming out and saying I ain't coming back. <laughs> if you don't get your heads out of your asses and start hitting that damn ball and giving our pitcher, my pitchers, some run support, I'm out of here officially. Well, they have now rattled off, what, nine in a row and are absolutely the hottest team in baseball. <laughs> and now that they have gotten this hot and they've won nine in a row, this is why we are thankful that they don't have the uh, Mark Ananasio paper cutout. <laughs> God, yeah, like ripping everything like it's Rachel Phelps. Let's see here. Well, I mean, the first inning was awesome last night. It, you know, it was Christian Yelich right away. I think it was the second pitch of the game. 
that he went yard off of Tyon. And then what? You had uh, uh, Rowdy Telez drove in a sack fly. And then it was out of the park, Mark. Mark Canna drilling a two-run shot in the bleachers. That was nice. Uh, add two more with William Contreras, single in the second, and then a William Adam, or a Willie Adamas, excuse me, double in the seventh. You got Willie coming around, Rowdy. Willie's Willie's been Willie's been bringing it up lately. He's been picking himself up. Well, he needs to. I mean, there was there was really only one way for Willie Adamas to go, and for qualified shortstops that had like I think it was two to three hundred at bats. I think this was entering August or so. He was statistically the worst qualified shortstop. Like, that can't be a thing. Especially if you're the Milwaukee Brewers and Willie Adamas, where it's like, hey, this was one of the three people that the franchise was considering signing long term. Yeah. It was it was ideally, and I think most fans would say if I could lock up three guys, it would be Burns, Woodruff, and, and Adamas. So that's that's supposed to be one of your key players. Yep. He can't have him play statistically as one of the worst shortstops <laughs> through the f- first four <laughs> months of the season. Can't, can't happen. No. Him getting hit in the head the second time knocks something back into him. Now he's been doing a lot better after the second uh, hit that he took to the head. It wasn't as bad as the first Well, that one. was always the thing. Remember we were talking about uh, what could the Brewers do coming up? This was before the trade deadline. And... I wasn't really super sure that they would add much. Like, they're not going to go add a Shohei Otani or a Juan Soto. Don't believe what they freaking tell you. Yeah. Because that's when have they ever done that? But at the one point, it's like, do you really think they can acquire enough hitters where they would be such big bats that they could actually do something? Like, you were going to have to lean on Rowdy Telez and Willie Adamas actually starting to come around and hit if you actually thought you were going to be contender. Like, yes, add pieces, but you couldn't add enough pieces to make up for those two sucking so bad. (laughs) And then on top of that, you know, adding... It it just, you needed those two if you were going to be legit when it came to September and October. Yeah. Oh, excitement is running big time high around here. Badgers on Saturday. With that, we got Brian Lucas in the house. Brian, what's up, man? Long time no see. How you been? Yeah, it's been, uh, it seems like it's been a minute. It has. Um, and then uh, now that I think about it, it feels like I just saw you not too long ago. It's like this off season has been so crazy with everything new happening in UWF. I think the last time we saw you, you were about to head out to go hide some helmets. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, you were in Brook. Uh, I was. Yeah, we were uh, just outside of Milwaukee. Yeah, how did the uh, how did the hide and helmets go? It, it was awesome. Was that for it, the hundred day scavenger hunt? Yep. Yeah, yeah it was a hundred days. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago. <laughs> how what um, time did you get up? <laughs> um, I, I drove from here to to Milwaukee, so I got up like three thirty. Ooh, I think that day. yeah, that's yeah, a, but, yeah. I know we went from a hundred days to now we are four days, I believe. We. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, four days. Count correctly. We knew a person that um, liked or really liked your hiding prowess of those helmets because he found a couple of them. Uh, and he's like, and we, I'm like, yeah, Brian went and hid those. Well, tell Brian thanks because I got some good stuff. There so you, go. you, you had some uh, fans up there, Brian. All right, so let me ask you, before we dive into what's coming up here on Saturday, I got to say, man, I was at the Chicks concert on Saturday, and I was wondering – if it was official yet that the Cole Center and, and the Laban Arena as well was selling alcohol, I walked in there and what did I see? Drink responsibly and then alcohol, like rules and services on the uh, on the tables they had out. And I got myself an alcoholic beverage at the Cole Center. It felt 
good. It felt good. Yeah, that that was the kickoff. Uh, <laughs> was yeah. that was that the kickoff? Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, you were first. Yeah. Were you were you first in line? No, uh, I was probably like sixth. Okay. There was, uh, it was streamlined so nice though. It was so easy. It was so beautiful. You guys, it was like it never didn't exist at the Cole Center. That's what I heard. Everything went pretty smoothly. For it was the, awesome for the first time. So uh, yeah, look for that coming this later this fall. For are we going to get it at Camp Randall basketball? I. <laughs> he's, like, I know, he's like, why do you do this to me? All right, here's it, what we're going to get at Camp Randall. Randall. Here's what we'll get at the Camp Randall. We got football on Saturday, Brian. How's it been leading up? How's this week so far? I know it's Tuesday, but how's Monday? How's Tuesday? And how is uh, your, for you personally, leading up to Saturday here? Yeah, the energy um, starting yesterday morning, you could tell it was ramped up at the at Camp Randall. You know, my office is in Camp Randall, so a lot of stuff happens the whole week. There's concessions folks getting ready, bringing the brat buns out. Um, there's people cleaning the stadium. You know, the seat backs have gone in. So, and then, and then of course, we kind of kick off the week with Coach Fickle's press conference yesterday. We did some player availability. So we're rolling into it, and we're we're getting ready. What's um What's the vibe like down there? Since your office is down there with uh, Fickle walking around, is is there just like this energy, just like exuding from him? Like you can feel like this winning pedigree walking around. It's and it's not just Coach Fickle. It's pretty much everyone on that staff. I mean. Yeah. You guys have seen on social media the weight room stuff with oh, Brady yeah. Collins. He is he has a ball of energy. Um, the recruiting staff, all the all the assistant coaches, so everyone around there um, has a lot of energy, and it, it has translated uh, to everyone. And we hope to the fans as well, and and to the to the in venue experience where people. We'll we'll feel something a little different in the stadium. Yeah. Now, uh, Brian, I I know we don't have an answer. I don't think you have an answer. But Luke Fickle was asking, you know, about getting students in there faster. Is there anything you want us to do? Do you want us to like walk around Regent Street, you know, like an hour before and be like, all right, let's. let's do you want us to start ushering them up there for Coach Fickle? The one thing I will say for everyone <laughs> is, having watched practice and having watched how f- quickly this offense operates, yeah. you probably want to get in your seats early because, um, you know, I don't know how many five, six-minute drives yeah. there will be. And they're, I think they're going to be fairly quick this year. So <sighs> you want to you be seated if you want to see the action. I am so excited. Um, what's your favorite tradition out there? Is it uh, build me a buttercup? Is it uh, jump around? Is it a little Neil Diamond? What, what, what do you want to hear, most interested to hear, t- uh, Saturday? It, the first jump around of the season always hits pretty hard. Um, I'm so excited right you now. Know, and being in the press box, I've... I've had oh. a few where it, it shakes. Yeah. You see the new people, they, they usually put a glass of a cup of water. It's like Jurassic Park, see. you know, yeah. when the T-Rex comes out. It totally <laughs> is. It's it's fun to watch the new people um, kind of hold it. on to their seats a little bit. Uh, so uh, coming up on Saturday, obviously the Buffalo Bulls coming into town. Did you have anything, Rowdy? No, oh. covering it all. And it's, it's the excitement of, it's just everything feels different this year, or at least it's feeling like I think the last time I feel like there was a ton of energy was when Alex Hornibrook was coming off the Peyton Manning camp. You guys had just won an orange bowl and there was this, I think it was the offensive line was like on sports illustrated. Yep, yep. That was the last time that for me, I remember being a lot of energy going into the season. They ranked in the top six, but this feels like a different level and yep. we're seeing it not only with, the coaching staff, but the players, the weight room, and the fans. I feel like this is probably outside of Barry Alvarez coming here is probably the most excited yeah. ever. Brian, I noticed you had a little pep in your step, too, a little extra. You know, it, it's <laughs> it's new, but it's not brand new. Yeah. Like, a lot of the things are similar to how Wisconsin has operated, the kind of team-first mentality, tough 
toughness, um, but it's just kind of turned up the volume yeah. a little bit. And again, I, I think that's what people will feel in the stadium when they come on Saturday. It, it's going to be the same Camp Randall. They were just going to turn up the volume turn a little bit. Turn up to 11. Yeah. You know, to 11. And the energy, the energy will be palpable <laughs> yes. in the stadium. Now, my question is, just off of, um, you were talking about, you know, some of the, the people that work at the stadium are getting there, getting everything set up. How long does it take to set up, like, the bleachers? Like, you oh, talked about the seatbacks. Like, there's... Tens of thousands. Now, obviously, not all of them have seatbacks, but I'm sure that doesn't just take a couple hours. Like they're out there for a while. They are, and they've. Um, it's usually service groups that come in and do it. Sometimes they do it on the weekends, and they'll they'll do it like during practice. So they started um, early in August, really? and they just just wrapped up last week. Um, but one year, I, there was one year, and I forget if this is still true, that we had sold the most seatbacks out of anyone in the country. Um, I know I have two um, to kind of mark mark the territory for my wife and daughter. Heck yeah, because um, they are they are pretty comfortable. But yeah, that that that's the, kind of the first sign that okay, the season's coming. That people start installing those seatbacks for this season. Are you gonna really soak it all in and just you know one last gasp here before the Big Ten completely changes how we know it? Like, are you soaking this last season in before? I assume your job probably gets a little more more difficult as well with all these new logistics coming in. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we're we're go, uh, Wisconsin is undergoing a lot of change this season, and then next season the Big Ten's gonna yeah. undergo a lot of change. And I mean, they they announced the schedule, but now I think they're revamping it because of Washington and Oregon, but. We do know that Alabama's on the schedule next year at home. And so we're, there's 18 teams in the Big Ten. You assume that there's going to be other mm-hmm. marquee home games next year. Um, so, and, and you know, and this year with, with Iowa and Ohio State, Huge. Iowa's already sold out. Ohio State is on the cusp of selling out. You know, we've got a lot of really exciting things coming up <laughs> in Camp Randall. You mentioned Bama coming here. And it's so nice for the Badgers to finally get a marquee matchup like that at home. Yeah. Because yeah, so awesome. many of those top teams, like your LSUs and your Notre Dames, they really didn't want to play in Camp Randall. They would have been completely fine if Wisconsin traveled to their home stadium, but a lot of those teams avoided actually playing in Camp Randall. Yeah, it, and yeah, it, yeah, the trend now is sort of the home and homes that you've you've seen a lot of big time home and homes be signed. Um, and yeah, this is one of them. And then, like I said, with the with the Big Ten expanding. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for for big time home games. Well, like in the, the future. Wild West coming up here, I feel like, and I'm excited for it. Hey, we have we've talked about this. <laughs> What'll be more of a rivalry? Uh, Wisconsin versus Nebraska for the Freedom Trophy that everyone forgets about, or the new rivalry with Washington, the real U Dub. Oh, the battle for the the rights of U Dub. That's the, that one right there, Rowdy. <laughs> hey, is there a new uh, runout song? Is it still where the streets have no name? I would suggest that people get in their seats early to see, to experience everything that you're. You're a pro at this. You're so good at this. You know, you know that? the band show. Everyone loves the band show. About 25 minutes before kickoff. Uh, Brian's and like, I gotta come in. He's gonna ask me these questions. Rolls, and I that he knows that I can't he took answer. A public relations class. Before. Yeah, you're, rolls into team intro at about six minutes. You're or good so. at what you do, Brian. You're good so at what you do. You know I would that? suggest people be in their seats early. We were talking about that. Is this is the song gonna stay the same with this new regime? So what he suggests is. Get in there early and, and check it out. And there's still a couple hundred tickets left. Yeah, what do we got? What do we got coming um, up? A couple hundred tickets left. 
great get-in price, as low as $35, $45 in the lower bowl. So if you've got Beautiful. family, kids, you got nothing to do on this great Labor Day weekend, it's going to be a little warm. Um, I will say that we've made the decision fans can bring in uh, bottled water nice. um, for the game. So, yeah, get your tickets. Get in early, bring your bottle of water, and uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Get ready for a season that's going to be a whirlwind. I can't wait, man. Brian, always a pleasure. You're the best. Yep. Thanks, Uh, guys. Any last words on your New York Mets at all? Uh, it's a tough one. <laughs> well, I am extending again an invitation to the Brewers bandwagon if you'd like to hop on with us. Um, I may. It, it's... The, the the door will be open for you, Brian, okay? Okay. The door is open I for you. I think the Mets just need to spend more money. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they didn't spend enough just this keep year. Spending. Saturday, Wisconsin versus Buffalo. Tickets still at a nice little price if you want to get in. All right, Roddy. Speaking of the Green Bay Packers. This guy had a hell of a name when he was with the Chicago Bears. It was a, a, a perfect fit for a, a name out of Chicago. It would be Pat O'Donnell. Oh, Pat O'Donnell. Well, Pat O'Donnell then became a Green Bay Packer last year, had one season, and now the Packers have waived, cut Pat O'Donnell, and they're going with the, uh, the Irish-born Dan Whelan. Rowdy, what are we thinking? A, a, a little surprised about Pat O'Donnell being shown the door? Especially after they just paid him, a, I think it was a, a roster bonus. Yeah, now... Or some a, kind of bonus. According to a lot of the... According to a lot of the beat writers and people that cover the Packers and that have been around camp have said that Pat O'Donnell obviously might have lost his spot just, just off of the kicking in general. Now, Whelan... They're saying he might have kicked him hey, again. Go with Crash, bro. He might. Have, they said it was pretty close. He was probably uh, actually had the better leg than Pat O'Donnell. Pat O'Donnell was never known as some guy with a huge leg. He was more of like a coffin corner yeah, accuracy type kicker. With that. Now the one place where people thought he might have a little bit of an advantage was the holding, but supposedly it hasn't been that bad when it comes to holding either. Now he's the cheaper option. But yes, it's weird that you would have so, paid. Let's see here, Pat they, O'Donnell the six hundred and fifty thousand yeah, roster they, bonus. They paid him six hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. I saw that Ken Ingles guy, the guy that covers the Packers calf, uh, cap. He said if the Packers wanted to move on, I feel like they would have done so before paying this out. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Yeah, but a little bizarre. Obviously, maybe they weren't a hundred percent sold or or knew that it was going to be this close of a battle. Now it is weird that they would have paid that much money, and then they're going to turn around and pay a new punter seven hundred and fifty ish thousand dollars to to be the punter. Yeah, and I think Pat O'Donnell was making like roughly two and a half million, or that's what he was slotted to make before getting the axe. So maybe it would save you a little bit, but yeah, it's weird where you literally took like half of your savings and paid it to him via roster bonus. But in general, if again, if this is a year that they think they're fringe playoff and not really a true contending team, they're just shedding as much salary as they possibly can year one, thinking that they'll have money and more freed up cash to play with year two. Mason Crosby and Pat O'Donnell, 16 and nine years experience in the NFL respectively. Now they've uh, transitioned to Anders Carlson and Daniel Whelan. Neither have played a single game in the NFL. Yeah. Now Whelan, he was a beast in the uh, uh, XFL and I believe all XFL. I believe he also, He's technically he's not a rookie because he was he was was he in camp or somehow he was connected to an NFL team last year. He just 
He's with the Saints. Yeah, he didn't he didn't play though. So a record setting punter at UC Davis. He also spent time with the New Orleans Saints last year before earning all XFL honors as a member of the DC Defenders. Then the Packers signed him, and he also is a native of Ireland. Yeah, and it, I think I saw it was like he's like the first he's Irish dude the, in the first Irish born player. Or, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know what would be hilarious, which would just make this even funnier, and and he'd probably become like Ben Kenny's favorite punter is if he was a rugby style punter, the Aussie style. <laughs> is this? I right, think about this. The Green Bay Packers now have Daniel Whelan. He's an Irishman. And then the Wisconsin Badgers have an Aussie-style punter who's Australian. So we have one punter from Ireland. Our other punter is from Australia. Wouldn't you think, though, if he was... He is (laughs) from Ireland that obviously football is not popular in Ireland compared to your soccers and other sports. Uh, Rugby Rugby is a huge popular sport. What you think he would be a rugby style punter? He's not. He's a traditional punter. I don't know the amount of money that runs through the rugby leagues, but he's like, you know what? I'm I'm going to try my, uh, put my cart and my horse. What am I trying to say? The cart to this horse here of uh, NFL. The Packers have in May, 24 years old. He's on a one year, $750,000 deal. Basically, long story short, he has a better leg than Pat O'Donnell. He arguably was better than him in camp. Pat O'Donnell. Pat O'Donnell just has more experience. Pat O'Donnell was more experienced also holding. But Waylon Whelan hasn't been bad holding, according to reports. It's just Pat O'Donnell was more experienced. And then I, I did see people diving into some of like, the more uh, analytical punting stats. Yeah. And... Pat O'Donnell, though he was serviceable, a lot of his his punting statistics were like he was ranked twentieth or worse on most of his statistics. So it's it's not like you cut a guy that was a top ten punter in the league and that was just lighting up. He had a lot of experience. He was an accurate punter, and he had a holding acumen to him. Yeah. So. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I just think the biggest question mark was why would you pay him 650000 for a yeah, roster bonus to cut him? That's the one thing you're like, yeah, why would you give him all that money? Just to be like, all right, well, here's the door. Did you see that with them eating that money, their dead cap salary now is just under $59 million <laughs> they're paying players that aren't on this team? Wow. Well, Aaron Rodgers is obviously a huge chunk. Yeah. Now you, you remember it's it's Mason Crosby. It's now Pat O'Donnell. Don't forget that um, another guy that they cut bait with uh, that they're also paying are like the Adrian Amoses of the world or the Dean Lowry's of the world, the Jaron Reed's, all those guys where they backloaded all their contracts. Mm-hmm. And had to pay them deferred money for all this stuff. All of those type of guys are the guys that are in that dead cap. Nearly $59 million of dead cap. That's <laughs> wild. Could you? Okay, think about this. Outside of the quarterback position, if you had... And now this is just for this one season. Because obviously most of this dead cap is going to be gone this year. And there'll still be some left over next year. But it's not nearly the same amount. And it's not... It's not going to weigh nearly as heavy on Green Bay, but they'll they'll basically clear most of the salary year one and then the, uh, almost all of it year two. Uh, <laughs> imagine if you had the top guy at all of these different positions, not quarterback, 
what you could land with that sixty million. Like, <laughs> like imagine like the top one of the top paid wide receivers. You mean and, we wouldn't just have five and a half million dollars in our wide receiver room? Yeah, like <laughs> you could go out in theory for one season and have like a twenty million dollar wide receiver. You could have like a twenty million dollar edge rusher and a twenty million dollar left tackle instead of well. I take that back. You already got a thirty-plus million-dollar left tackle. It's David Bakhtiari. Who is now? Check this out. Who is now the oldest player on the Green Bay Packers? But the, dude, how about remember when they actually signed that contract with Bakhtiari? Like it was a good deal. Yeah, it was it great. Was right before he tore his knee. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But also the money. It was like okay, well he's going to make like twenty million this year, twenty three next year. But then because of all the restructuring, we're finally getting to the point that they've pushed so much money back and back and back. And we knew that they were doing this because you were trying yeah. to prolong Aaron Rodgers in this timeline. You got to pay the piper eventually as long as possible. But next year, David Bakhtiari is set to make like over forty million dollars. I know as a left tackle, and you're not even sure if he's going to be playing. It all just keeps getting pushed back year after year after year. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but overall, you could have had like not quarterback position. You could have had like three top dollar type players at other positions that are now just going to money already paid in the past that you now have to pay off. So you look at you look at the the, the situation of money where it's at. You look at where where the void of money and and but would in you places. do it any differently? I don't know. I don't like that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to bring up here is like you look at this season upcoming. Are the Packers in rebuild mode, Rowdy? Except they're right now they're playing with maybe house money, saying like, all right, if things go our way, we can easily sell this rebuild. Look how the youth movement going on in Green Bay. Look at all the money we have that uh, is owed to players that aren't even on our team. If this team does up end up being good or just somewhat good and surprise some people, we can get away with this. Wink, I don't wink even rebuild. think it. I don't even think it has to be the team. Just Jordan Love looks. I good? think if Jordan Love looks decent, you can sell it as a rebuild. Are it's we like, in a rebuild? Yeah. For people that say it's not, you have sixty million dollars in cap room. I mean, David Bakhtiari is or, the sorry, oldest player on your team. $60 million in cap space that's being paid to other players. Yeah. You have a guy that's never played quarterback as a starter in the NFL outside of, a, what, a game? And he's brand new. You have, like, I... Well, your wide receiver room, you have no, you have no one. That's I get proven. that you still have some vets on this team, but clearly that's, that is the blueprint that Ted Thompson laid down with Aaron Rodgers after Brett Favre, they still had some pieces on that team. So you weren't just throwing out a kid that never really played before into a, holy crap, I have no one to play with. Like I don't have anything on defense. I don't have anything on offense. Now I'm thrown in the fire. Like there's a few pieces to make sure you know that he, he is what you think he is and that he's going to have some success, but also there's going to be some failures. And they're clearing all this room. Like, if Jordan Love shows that he can be good and that this could be a fringe playoff team, clearly they're going to have a lot more money to spend the following season. And the year after that, they'll have, they should, in theory, have almost pretty much all that money back yeah. to spend. And it's like, okay, well, now he would be in year five. And he's clearly a solid player in the NFL. Now we really can go out and spend some money. And a lot of these aging guys like David Bakhtiari, like at this point, your Devondre Campbells and some of these uh, guys that sign these two to three year deals of pretty decent money, like your um, Smiths of the world. They're, the, the, you're going to be moving on from them, too. And you'd, you'd have your Enigbaris that are cheap or your Rashawn Gary would hopefully sign an extension. 
and be in his prime. Like you would, yeah. you would be moving on from this aging talent that was the end of Rodgers, and you took a year or two to shed all the salary while knowing Love was the guy. I think all they have to do is really prove that Love is good. Yeah, because then people will be, you know, settled in, and be like, okay, we have a future with this quarterback. We're not going to go to the the dark ages, you know, pre Brett Favre. We have a guy that can show us a little hope and a little life. Like if Love comes the out, the roster's there, young. We'll, we'll only get better. If Love comes out there and he stinks and he like. It was a a fugazi. This preseason was Brett Hundley. And it was just all BS. Smoke and mirrors. He's really just not good. Well, guess what? Bakhtiari's gone. Trade him, cut him, whatever they're going to do to save the money. They're going to probably go in the direction of getting rid of a lot of the the Devondre Campbells, Preston Smiths that all had those, you know, two-ish years left that are aging vets, Mm -hmm. eat all the money they can from those and then clear that money the next season while they, if he really is that bad, you have like a Drake May or a Caleb Williams or or some good quarterback that is uh, uh, supposed to be a really good quarterback draft. Yeah. Or you even pass there and you're looking for a quarterback in two years and you just strip it down. Yeah. And then you're looking to come back in a year or two where you're like, okay, we piled on a lot of picks. We got a lot of cash and you're in a strange uh, crossroads completely here. Completely rebuilding. You're in a strange crossroads of Jordan love. Cause you go a lot of different directions. There's three different ways to go uh, here with Jordan love, depending on how he's where'd Fugazi come from. Rowdy, were you watching Donnie Brasco lately or something? Danny Brasco. No. Oh, they use that word a lot uh, in that movie. <laughs> I loved it. Line one, good morning. It, is, it is definitely a gangster word. It's, oh, yeah. it, it is a gangster hey. word. Oh, we have uh, some breaking news. More cuts? <laughs> Opposite, actually. Someone on the team. Kind of. I mean, an extension. Breaking news. It appears someone has made the 53 man roster. That was uh, possibly in doubt. Say hello to undrafted free agent Malik Heath on the 53 man. On his Instagram account, he. Ooh, uh, how many receivers are they keeping? He said a picture of him riding the bike with one of the kids. Said, watch, my, uh, watch me turn my dreams to reality. 53 man roster with the prayer emoji and two exclamation marks. It looks like Malik Heath has made the Packers 53 man roster. Unless he's completely wrong on his Instagram account. Um, so that's that's a wide receiver spot. How many are they keeping? So now you have seven, I'd imagine. You have though. Christian Watson, who is safe. You have Romeo Dobbs, who's safe. You would imagine Samari Toure is safe. Yep. Now we have Malik Heath. That's four. Now you drafted three guys. Mm-hmm. You have Wicks. You have DeBose. DeBose. And why am I blanking on the other one? Oh, so am I. Uh, Wicks? Uh, here, I'll get it for you. Wicks, DeBose. Who the hell was the third one? I'm on it. I am on it, Rowdy. Well, anyways, that's seven. Yeah, I'm, uh, it looks like the Packers will be keeping seven then. Well, if, if Jane they Reed. Keep, Jane Reed. How the hell did I miss Reed? He was their second round yeah, pick. Jane okay, Reed. so you have Reed. Reader. DeBose. And you have Wicks that were all drafted this year. Malik Heath makes it. That's four. And then you have the three guys from last year. That's seven. Are they keeping seven? Looks like it. I mean, why else would Malik or, Heath be on the roster? Or would it be the first time since Malachi Dupree in 2017 of Ted Thompson's last draft that uh, someone that was drafted at wide receiver did not make the squad? Yeah, which would be kind of shocking. I mean, Ted or Ted. 
um, Brian Gutekunst doesn't really seem to give up on his guys that he drafts. Even, even Jamon Moore made the squad. Yeah. So there <laughs> he you go. couldn't catch, and he was a wide receiver. I haven't seen anyone else released, but Malik Heath, the undrafted wide receiver, uh, on his Instagram account saying, dreams coming to reality here. He has made the 53-man, according to him. And I guess I would, if anyone, take him at his word for it. So there you go. We'll uh, keep you updated to see who else is uh, coming or going for this 53-man roster. I don't know, Rowdy. I guess it's going to be, what, seven? It's going to be seven wide receivers, then, I'd imagine. That's that's what I think. Maybe but, maybe the the bows is cut. The or, bows. Well, how uh, many running backs do you think they keep? Two or three? See, that's the thing. I know that there there were people, I think the last year or two, that, that you know, were putting out those rumors that maybe the, the – the Packers would only stick with two backs, Jones and Dylan. Yeah. I feel like that'd be pretty ballsy, but maybe. I mean, it's been theorized before. And when I say before, literally the last two years, maybe they actually did it this year. Alrighty, the reason why I was playing Pursuit of Happiness, you know, he's, uh, we had Brian Lucas, the, uh, the head media guy for Wisconsin football, and we asked him, is the runout song going to change, you know, from U2 or The Streets of No Name? And he didn't say yes or no, but he alluded to uh, get there early to see what happens. And uh, we solicited songs like, what would you want to hear in replace of it? Our guy, Wisco Flow, Kyle said, what about The Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi? That's um, why I played that song. I'm thinking maybe this could be a poll question. Do you, th- Do you think it would be more Luke Fickle picking the song or like a team captains or team in general picking the song or a wild card how about like the strength and conditioning coach picking picking the song i don't know how that all works um and that the the real question i had though is what type of music do you think luke fickle listens to god i don't know i want to feel like like if he if he had the augs cord what's luke fickle listening to I'll give you like a Jimmy Buffett guy for some reason. I don't know. Maybe he's one of those NFL. Co- he's one of those. You know, he's one of those coaches. Like I don't have time to listen to music. Now another thing we had at hand here, Brian Lucas, the head of uh, the media for Wisconsin Badgers, he was in, and we asked him, with Luke Fickle, the new era upon us, will the runout song still be "You 2 where the streets have no name? Will Will they be changing? Will they be updating that? Me personally, "You uh, 2 really doesn't do much for me. But again, I'm not a product of the '80s. I know a lot of the Gen Xers love themselves U2. Me personally, I kind of roll my eyes at U2. I'm indifferent. Like, I know, I, I understand how good they are. I understand what they meant for, you know, the time period of music. I understand, you know, Bono and Edge and blah, 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 blah. I get it. I understand it. But they're just not my cup of tea. I will say, Rowdy, nothing gets me less fired up than seeing the Badgers run out to where the streets have no name. Like that song just doesn't do much. Do you for think me it would be in up. poor taste if the Badgers were doing like, um, like Badger football was doing like a big charity event, and they they came out to like Streets Had No Name, Fat <laughs> Bottom. <laughs> uh, would it be in poor taste? I don't know. How many Kyricks would they have there? But Rowdy, we asked. Well, I think you would ask: this, Does Luke Fickle get to choose the song? The you know, does the, the someone on the coaching staff? Do the players? And then it turned into, well, what does Luke Fickle listen to? I was able to find an article um, in 2019 listing all of the favorite musical acts uh, across the nation, and Luke Fickle is on it. So I can tell you who Luke Fickle said his favorite artist was in 2019. 
What what genre? Can I just play it for you? I I wanted to guess. What genre? Country. Luke Bryan. I'm gonna play it for you. She thinks my track is sexy. Kenny Chesney. Luke Fickle in a 2019 article saying his favorite artist is indeed Kenny Chesney. There you go. Listen, maybe they're running out to this song. <laughs> I mean, it kind of fits for Wisconsin, right? The farmers, tractors. There you go. Luke Fickle, that's me, buddy. She thinks my what? She thinks my tractor's sexy. There you go. Luke Fickle. I feel like some of the players, or most of the players, would be against this. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, we're not running out to this. Uh, let's see. I'm just scrolling down the list a bit. Kirk Ferentz is Pat Green. Jim Jim Harbaugh says his favorite artist is Bob Marley. PJ Fleck, Jason Aldean. Is that the small town guy? Yeah. Is it? Um, Pat Fitzgerald, Kenny Chesney. Ooh, Scott Frost. Sorry, buddy. The Casey Donahue Band? The hell is that? James Franklin? Jay-Z? Where's Paul Chris? Where's Paul Chris here? I'm trying to find him. Paul Chris. Phil Vassar. Or country. Let's look for this. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think they'll run out the country? I don't think they're going to be running out to Kenny yeah, Chesney. Yeah. I think um, Luke Fickle won't have this on his duties for picking the song. <laughs> uh, line two, good morning. Who's this? Good morning, fellas. Pipeline the from the north. Pipeline of the north, West. Troy. Hell yeah. What's up, brother? I'm out in Idaho. How are you doing in Idaho? I just had to see how far I could get you guys on my phone. You know, <laughs> and uh, Coming in loud and clear, and I heard some... Some guy talking about the Cub game, so I had to call in. You know, here, here, here's what I'm thinking: Brewers win tonight. Yep. Win tomorrow. We sweep it. Yep. It's over. It's done. It's over. So I don't. I'm going to probably be slapping my face whenever I talk smack like that. It comes back to bite me. But I'm, I'm just. Uh, I I kind of went into this series thinking we got to win one because one eliminates. You know, basically two games if we can win one. But now that they won the first one, now I'm going to get greedy. Oh, it's time to get greedy, so. Troy. Brewers aren't losing again. We're going to sweep our way all the way to the World <laughs> Series. No reason not to because it's your arguably your biggest rival, and you have now a one game lead in this three game series, and you have your best two starting pitchers on the mound. Yeah. Well, I thought Corbin Burns would have done that last week when he kind of didn't pitch real well, but um, you know. This is a big game today, man. And it's great living in a mountain time right now. I bet. Uh, because I can, I'm going rafting today. Hey, I was going to say, what are you doing in Idaho? Are you going whitewater rafting? I'm going rafting, yeah. And if I don't call in anymore, then you, you guys... You guys you I'll know, give a eulogy. You know, I'll give a eulogy on air. <laughs> How's that sound? Yeah. yeah. Make sure to turn kind of the, the find your friends on. Yeah, on your phone. Pin drop. Uh, give us a pin uh, drop, okay, or something. Yeah, old Cub fans will come looking for me. <laughs> so it's a beautiful country, though. First time I've ever been out. Oh, there. dude, I know it's so it's so like scenic out there. It's crazy, isn't I'm it? Up, we're, we're staying by the Sun Valley Ski Resort, and I just took a morning walk and walked past the ski lift. And Are there clouds out? Car. Are there clouds? No. Well, oh, so, well, the clouds, even the clouds look bigger. Like the sky looks bigger. Yeah. Up there. That's why they call it big sky. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can put two and two together. Yeah, there we go. 
well, figure it out hey, eventually. Also, I'm, i got to start looking ahead, seeing where I can get that Badger game on Saturday out here. So, um I'll be on the shore tonight. Yeah, we'll, we'll put your liver. We'll means. put your liver through some white water rafting if you come down, Troy. All right. <laughs> well, I'm not coming back to Labor Day, so I'll be looking for. Uh, what the hell are you doing out there? Just white water rafting, uh, just, and what are you doing? No, my my daughter's uh, employer has condos. Oh, nice the, man. Enjoy it. There. Well, you're living the retired can, uh, life. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So Lucky. we're uh, we're we're enjoying it. So we're going to continue and. I don't know if I'll ever get back to potato land, but uh, we're here now. So <laughs> We're here now. Well, Troy, enjoy it, man. Have fun. Sounds like a I good will. time. See you, you guys, you, do, you, you are coming in loud and clear. Love it. Love it. You let them know out there in Idaho. Guys. See you, Troy. Yeah, hence the big sky, ready? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what the, the football conference and the basketball conference is. Line, big, big sky. Line four, good morning. Yo, it's Nate. Uh, Nate, what's up, dude? I... I think I will take you two over Kenny Chesney. Ooh, man, that's 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 tough for me. I'm not like the biggest uh, new country guy. And I'm not really the biggest a U two guy. How about I don't know. What do you think about God. this, Nate? I, I think, think I might do that. Too. If I had to listen to their entire soundtracks, I think I would probably take Kenny Chesney. If I was getting ready to run out and play football, I might go with U two. I don't know. U two is pretty soft. So, so one track that I've kind of been hitting on in my head is the instrumental for "You Don't Know" remix with Jay Z and MLP. Oh wow! You're going to it deep, starts off a little cut. slow, but it picks up hard. It's heavy and should get the uh, crowd jumping. Get the juices flowing. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, you said it was Jay Z and MLP, right? Yeah. God, is, what, is, that the, is that off the Blueprint 2? What is that off of? Uh, Blueprint 2.1. Oh, <laughs> I knew it was close. God, I haven't heard that song forever. I'll have to... Uh... I don't claim to be. I got the instrumental. You don't know. What you do to me? Oh, I remember this now. Because you don't know is the... God, I believe the original off of the Blueprint. I can see it, Nader. Oh, I can see it, baby. I'll get you oh, fired yeah. up. Hey, Nate, how's everything else, man? How's the forward looking? How's the flock? Um, it's it's up and down right now. Trying to get a little more uh, balance for the last third of the season. Yeah, we uh, we looking good for the playoffs. How are we looking? Uh, we're looking in right now. Just kind of trying to stay up there around that like top two, top three area That's right true. now. All right, cool, man. All right, Nate, are we going to see you, you know, downtown Saturday partying? Uh, you will see me behind the bar at Whoa. Red Zone. Whoa! All right, Nate, let's go, baby. Can't wait to see you then, man. It's been too long. I think last time I saw you, yeah. I, was like, I was like aimlessly walking around State Street or like 1 o'clock in the morning, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> hey, Nate, we'll see you Saturday, buddy. Nice hearing from you. Hey, see you, man. See you, man. Yeah, we ran into, I ran into Nate. God, I, I feel like... Time. Songs that you listen to when you're going to play a game or you're going to go lift weights or you're doing something like that can be much different music than what you would pick if you were just going to listen to music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, there's certain music that gets you really ramped up, Rowdy. And I'd say Kenny Chesney is not one of them for me. Neither is you two, though. Uh, line one, hello. Who's this? I'm going to drink y'all. Like, I would say when I used to lift weights... 
one of the big artists that I would play pretty consistently was The Game. Oh, yeah. Brody loves him. The Game. I wouldn't actively go home and say, you know what? I'm sitting here watching TV or I'm doing whatever. Maybe I'm going to turn some music on. Maybe it's going to be The Game. You wouldn't listen I, to The Game to sing your lullabies to bed? No, it's like <laughs> if I'm going in there and I'm, I'm getting ready and I'm going to go pump some iron, it, it was the game or, or other stuff like that. Yeah.